From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Hope you had a great Mother's Day weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. Well, coming up, breaking news this afternoon after four years of investigating the Russia inquiry. John Durham turned in his report on Friday, and it was made public this afternoon. We'll talk about it with Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson in just a moment. Also, President Biden and Speaker McCarthy are scheduled to meet tomorrow to discuss raising the federal debt ceiling, which would allow the U.S. to add to the current debt of nearly $32 trillion. However, the White House continues to say the onus is on Congress, i.e. House Republicans. So our expectation is that Congress will do what is necessary, even as we continue to have parallel discussions on the budget, which is a normal thing uh, that Congress needs to do every year. That was Biden administration's new top economic advisor, Lael Brainerd. But Congress has acted. They passed the Limit Save Grow Act. What the Biden administration is saying, frankly, is disingenuous because Congress has not used the normal budget process since 2015. And there's no movement in the Democratic-controlled Senate to go through the normal budgeting process this year, which would allow the systemic spending issues to be addressed. Now, I, I think I'm seeing a pattern of deflection here. Because when, when asked about the situation at the southern border this weekend, Vice President Harris had this to say. I hear that everything in the last couple of days is going rather smoothly, given what the concerns were. And the bottom line, however, is that the issue of immigration falls squarely within the responsibility of the United States Congress. So we've done what we can. Wait a minute. Squarely within the hands of the United States Congress? Well, Congress has acted. The House passed a bill last week, a border security measure. And guess what? The White House issued a statement saying the president would veto it. We're going to talk about that. And New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith, chair of the House Pro-Life Caucus, is pressing pharmacies on whether or not they will allow the Biden administration to turn them into neighborhood abortion facilities. He joins us later to talk about that. And there is widespread and growing concern over the dangers to children by those aggressively pushing experimental drugs and surgeries designed to change a child's gender. Well, California Congressman Doug LaMalfa and Kansas Senator Roger Marshall today introduced two measures that will protect both children and taxpayers. Congressman LaMalfa joins us later to explain. Also, as the public becomes more aware of just what is behind this gender craze push, parents and others are becoming more confident in expressing their concerns and helping those suffering from gender dysphoria find real solutions. Dr. Jennifer Bowens joins me later to discuss how now is the time for parents, grandparents, pastors, and others to have much-needed conversations about gender, what is real, and what is not. That's later here on this edition of Washington Watch. Our word for today comes from Daniel 6, verses 10 and 11. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making a petition and plea before his God. You see, Daniel's political Adversaries wanted to stop his rise in influence, but they could not find fault with his service to the king, so they sought to elevate government above God. Does that sound familiar? These men sought to exclude followers of God, not just from government service, but from society itself. So what Daniel do? He didn't shrink back or go silent, nor did he make a show of it. He rightfully obeyed God. You see, humble obedience to God can never be wrong, even when it violates the edicts of man. To find out more about our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. Despite a drop in border apprehensions in the two days following the expiration of Title 42, the Border Patrol still expects the crisis at the southern border to escalate. Cities throughout the country are increasingly overwhelmed by the sheer number of migrants seeking shelter. The Biden administration, well, they continue to lack a plan, and that's become more and more evident. As the situation deteriorates, the Biden administration is taken to blaming Congress for the chaos. So how should Congress respond? 
Join me now to discuss this and more, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. He serves on the Senate Homeland Security Committee, the Senate Budget Committee, and the Senate Finance Committee. Senator Johnson, welcome back to the program. Hello, Tony. Uh, Great to be back. Before we jump into the immigration issue and the debt ceiling, I want to get your response. Special counsel John Durham's report was made public this afternoon. And in the 300-page-plus report, he points to the DOJ and the FBI, quote, failed to uphold mission of their mission of strict fidelity to the law in the Trump-Russia probe. Your thoughts? Well, it doesn't surprise me that uh, John Durham would reach that conclusion, certainly the conclusion I reached. Uh, it should shock every American uh, because he also reveals the fact that uh, President Obama Vice President Biden, CIA Director John Brennan were all briefed in August of 2016 that the Hillary Clinton campaign had a scheme to falsely accuse Donald Trump of colluding with Russia. Uh, you know, so, so the FBI knew, for example, the Steele dossier uh, contained Russian disinformation, and yet they continued on with their investigation. They set up special counsel. They put America through the political turmoil of literally the entire four years of the Trump administration. And the real question on the table right now is, will the media hold anybody accountable? Will, will the media hold itself accountable? Because they've been covering this up for uh, certainly the, the Democrats, uh, the Bidens, and for themselves for, for years now. Juxtapose that with how they've treated news related to the Biden family. Well, again, it's, it's, it's literally part and parcel of the exact same operation. Uh, the, the, the individuals in the FBI that exonerated Hillary Clinton moved, went on to Crossfire Hurricane uh, investigation. Again, that, that was a fraudulent investigation. Uh, then the FBI seized Hunter Biden's laptop in December 2019. We have whistleblowers that said higher-ups in the FBI said you will not look at that Hunter Biden uh, laptop. Uh, we also have uh, uh, whistleblowers from the, the FBI that said that the FBI developed a scheme in August of 2020 to downplay any derogatory information on Hunter. Uh, fast forward to when the laptop uh, was revealed, uh, then you had uh, Mike Morrell at the direction of current Secretary of State Anthony Blinken working for the Biden campaign uh, come up with a fraudulent letter signed by 51 intelligence officials, but also we now know the CIA tried to solicit signatures from current CIA employees. So this is one continuous operation of the left, of Democrats, of the Biden campaign, the Hillary Clinton campaign, to impact and interfere in our election using falsehoods across the board, election after election. So, Senator Johnson, let me let me ask you a question I think is on the minds of a lot of our viewers and listeners. How can we have confidence in our own government when we see things like this? We can't. I don't. Uh, I, I've been you know, a subject to their some of their uh, intelligence operations where Senator Grassley and I both got uh, unsolicited secure briefings in August of 2020. That same month, they developed a scheme to protect Hunter Biden, uh, telling that we were targets of Russian disinformation. Uh, and then they then they leaked that briefing to smear us. Uh, again, understand that the FBI was setting up the sabotage of the Hunter Biden laptop revelation. And, of course, during the entire year of our investigation, we were being accused by the media and also Democrats, our ranking members, of soliciting and disseminating Russian disinformation. Does that sound familiar? Uh, when we issued our report, it was obvious there was no Russian disinformation. The media downplayed it. So oh, there's nothing to see here. There, there's no crimes being charged. Uh, we, we laid out the case against uh, the Bidens uh, very effectively in terms of the vast web of financial uh, dealings, the suspicious uh, fund transfers, uh, all the LLCs, the, the conflict of interest. And yet the media just completely ignored it and covered up for the Bidens. They're continuing to do so. Speaking of disinformation, I want to play a clip of uh, who I call the Senate scare leader, Senator Chuck Schumer, on the floor earlier today talking about the debt ceiling. Clip 11, please. It would be a catastrophe. No one should play with it. No one should flirt with it. No one should hold it hostage and say, unless you do this, we're going to default, because the consequences of default are just awful. So, Senator, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've not heard any Republicans saying they want to default on America's debt. No, in fact, the House acted responsibly. Uh, Individuals who have never voted for a debt ceiling increase, I would include myself in that group, support and voted for a bill 
that increase the debt ceiling, but attaches to it, you know, basic fiscal controls. The, the, the least that we can do is, uh, you know, reset the baseline to 2022 levels at $6.2 trillion. But Tony, in, in 2019, we spent $4.4 trillion. So the House being more than reasonable. They have some pro-growth as, uh, elements of that, uh, the RAINS Act, uh, uh, certainly certain permitting reforms so that people can build our economy and provide good jobs. So now it, it's Democrats, it's Schumer, it's Biden that are playing with default. We're not. The de- Republicans passed a very reasonable increase to debt ceiling. Schumer should take it up. We should pass in the Senate and President Biden ought to sign it into law. One other point they're bringing up, the president has said this, his new economic advisor was saying this over the weekend, saying, oh, yeah, we agree. We should have these conversations, but it should be during the appropriations process. But they're not telling the truth because it's been two th- since 2015 when we've actually gone through the normal appropriations process. So we'll never get to these issues. No, again, the death ceiling was designed to force uh, fiscal controls to be put in place in case you have to increase it. I mean, that, that's the reason we have a death ceiling. Uh, to just pass a clean one is grossly irresponsible. But, we, again, we ought to pass the House bill, and then we should step up to the plate and do, do real appropriations, uh, get them on each chamber's floor, debate them, pass amendments, uh, come together in conference committees, and actually – pass appropriation bills before the fiscal year starts. What a concept that would be. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Uh, Very quickly, Senator, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, The administration kind of saying, oh, not a biggest problem as everybody said it was going to be at the southern border. Well, remember, President Obama declared it a humanitarian crisis when we were apprehending about 2,000 people a day. Uh, President Trump had to deal in one month with almost 4,000 people a day. It's been averaging over 8,000 people a day. I know before Title 242 was uh, uh, relaxed or ended, uh, there, we were getting ten or 11,000 people a day just because it's backed off to 8,000, and now it's not a problem. No, this is an enormous disaster that has been caused by the Biden administration. We, we'd pretty well gotten the border under control. We'd shut down uh, the flow of unaccompanied children, of family units uh, abusing our asylum laws. Uh, but Biden blew that open. This is completely his fault. This is his crisis. They won't even admit it's a problem. What should we be anticipating next at the southern border? A, a continued flow. And what's most dangerous is the, the, the people that get away, uh, the, the, the flow of drugs, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking, but the almost 2 million now known or unknown gotaways that are in this country during the Biden administration alone. It's at least about 1.4 million, but uh, nobody knows the unknown gotaways. This is a tremendous problem, the gang activity, the drug trafficking. Uh, but the fact that the mainstream media is not covering it covering it uh, adequately just shows their complicity and corruption as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Senator Johnson, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Have a great evening. You too. Senator Ron Johnson of uh, Wisconsin fighting the good fight in the, uh, the Senate. Well, coming up, even as the legality of the FDA's approval of the abortion pill remains in limbo, major pharmacy chains continue their effort to join with the abortion industry. Now, this is the FDA under the Biden administration wanting to turn neighborhood pharmacies into neighborhood abortion facilities. Well, members of Congress are weighing in on this. Congressman Chris Smith, who chairs the Pro-Life Caucus, joins me after the break after the break discuss his efforts to stop this. Stay tuned. More Washington Watch straight ahead. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their 
their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be giving guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be disciples their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Monday. Well, even as the fate of the FDA's approval of the abortion drug, Mifepristone, winds its way through the federal court, the abortion industry continues to push pharmacy chains to dispense these dangerous pills. Essentially what they're trying to do, as abortion clinics are being closed across the nation, they want to turn your neighborhood pharmacy into an abortion facility. And keep in mind that uh, the latest numbers, about 53% of abortions are being conducted with these abortion pills. Now, you would think that organizations, pharmacies, whose mission is to protect health, would shy away from dispensing these drugs intended for the sole purpose of killing unborn babies. But major pharmacy chains, including CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, have continued with their applications pursuing the authorization by the FDA to sell these drugs. Joining me now to discuss this, Congressman Chris Smith, who is the is leading a congressional effort to clarify what is going on with these pharmacy giants. He serves on the House Committee on Foreign Affairs and is the co-chair of the Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission and the House Pro-Life Caucus. He represents the 4th Congressional District of New Jersey. Congressman Smith, welcome back to Washington Watch. Always great to see you. Tony, it's great to be on with you. Thanks again for your extraordinary work. It is deeply appreciated. Well, thank you, and, and, and thanks for weighing in on this. You initiated a letter from your colleagues in Congress to these pharmacy chains. The letter clearly states the federal and state laws, such as such uh, the, the, the various state laws, that th this would violate. Tell us about that. Well, uh, again, uh, Buddy Carter, who himself is a pharmacist and a member of Congress from Georgia, and I, and 38 members have signed a letter to CVS Rite Aid and Walgreens asking them six specific questions about whether or not they are knowingly going to participate, because it is, you know, knowingly triggers, obviously, additional penalties in criminal law, uh, where it is against our federal law uh, to send these deadly chemicals through the mails, uh, through the, by express mail, whether it be FedEx or anywhere else. So there's, you know, and this is an attempt, as you know, Tony, uh, by the abortion president, Joe Biden, uh, to, to, to circumvent uh, pro-life laws in a number of states like 
uh, Florida, like Texas and elsewhere, Georgia, uh, by making these, as you point, point out so well, our neighborhood pharmacies uh, abortion clinics. And let's not forget that these two pills, especially mif- mifeprestone, uh, kills the baby by starving that child, boy or girl, to death. They don't get nutrition. And then they die inside the womb. And then the second pill uh, is used to, in order to to get the child out of the womb. Uh, I mean, that is barbaric. I mean, we talk about global food hunger and, and issues of nutrition. And here we have a pill whose operational method of destroying the baby in this case is simply starving the baby to death. So we did this letter. We have not gotten a response from CVS Rite Aid or Walgreen yet. We fully expect it. We'll do a follow-up. We'll make phone calls uh, because they're breaking the law if they do this, notwithstanding right. what, what a guy like Biden says. or And Garland, we wrote him in January uh, a letter that asked a number of questions uh, about the interpretation by the OLC, Office of Legislative Counsel, which is wrong uh, about this this. Uh, statute that clearly and unambiguously says this stuff, this horrible stuff, this killing material cannot be sent through the mail. Hey, let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, why do we have laws if, if, oh, right. if, if we're not going to obey them? Oh, it's a great question. You know, we've seen a uh, violation of the laws by indifference, non-enforcement or just going the other way, even in the bo- down at the border. I mean, this administration has been has been outrageous in its lack of enforcement of clearly stated law when it comes to illegal immigrants. Uh, I, I mean, they just flaunt the law. It doesn't matter. It doesn't apply to them. And then you have the U.S. attorneys and the attorney general who refuse to enforce the law. Uh, so therefore, it makes a mockery of a country that claims to be a rule of law nation. But you're not alone in calling this out because you've got 21 no. attorneys general. Yes, that exactly. are weighing in on this as well. Oh, without a doubt, 21 states attorneys general have have said that this is wrong. It's illegal. Uh, they have signed a very strong letter. I do believe there will be legal action taken in the courts uh, and not unlike the legal action that has been brought uh, against the actual approval, which was egregiously flawed of these deadly chemicals uh, by of the administration going back to Bill Clinton. Uh, for example, they never even included pediatric testing, uh, which is required. So we don't know what the impact of uh, these deadly chemicals are on young girls and young uh, you know, teenagers. It, it could be catastrophic. It probably is. And again, the data, as you know, because you've reported on it so well uh, and been a part of the effort, uh, couldn't be clear that it is hurting uh, women far more than even surgical abortion. So it's a right. it's a very, very serious issue. One of the issues that we've we've had difficulty with, Chris, is that the reporting requirements are not there. And so right. a part of the, the, the percentage of abortions, you know, we say 53, 54 percent, those right. in large part are estimates. How do we get to the point where we have better data, where uh, these pharmacies may be required to report the dispensing of these drugs? Uh, how do we get a handle on this? Well, there needs to be a new White House. This White House is all in in promoting abortion right up into the moment of birth. They wanted the so-called totally misnamed Women's Health Act, which would have eviscerated every pro-life law in the country, every single one, including uh, providing notification to uh, teenagers, to the parents, if that youngster is looking to get an abortion, parental notification laws. They they would eviscerate every bit of it, get rid of it. Uh, We need to get CDC, we need to get other elements of our government at HHS to start really taking a long and an impartial look uh, at how much of this is going out and also at the morbidity and mortality of all abortions. Mm-hmm. You know, even even with the um, uh, the chemical abortions, uh, you know, the, 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 the shots um, under Obama, they got rid of the requirement to report adverse events. Right. Um, they weren't doing it anyway because Planned Parenthood, uh, which kills over 400,000 kids every year, uh, they are truly uh, Child Abuse Incorporated. Well, that organization is dispensing this drug with impunity. Uh, and you think they're going to report? Yeah, yeah, that's like turning yourself into the IRS. It just doesn't happen. And asking them to do an audit, it just doesn't happen. There should be no question in anyone's mind about this administration and their total devotion to abortion and advancing, as you said, up until the moment of birth and in some cases beyond. 
Chris Smith, thanks so much for joining us today. And thank you. That's not just domestically. This administration is doing it and integrating abortion into every single program internationally. We need to talk about that uh, later. We're going to pick that up. Chris, good to see you. Stick with us, folks. We're back after this. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. Be sure and check it out. Also, I'm going to mention it later, but uh, coming up June the 3rd, we'll have a Stand Courageous Men's Conference in Houston, Texas. So stick around and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later today. Earlier today, congressional Republicans introduced legislation to protect children from experimental gender reassignment surgeries, as well as prevent the use of taxpayer money from paying for elective gender reassignment surgeries. Now, many on the left, like uh, MSNBC's Ali Velshi, is uh, claiming it's right-wing politics. This is the flavor du jour of right-wingers in this country who need something to cause people to feel morally panicked about, to, to get to the polls, to activate. The reality is that those who know what is going on and care about protecting children are not going to sit idly by and watch this happen. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Doug LaMalfa, who introduced today the Protecting Children from Experimentation Act and the End Taxpayer Funding of Gender Experimentation Act. He represents the 1st Congressional District of California, which is actually a beautiful country up there. Doug, welcome to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Tony, thanks for having me. So uh, tell us about the legislation that you introduced along with uh, our good friend, Dr. Roger Marshall, Senator from Kansas. Um, You know, a decade ago, this topic seemed inconceivable. But today, it seems to be taking our young people by storm. You're absolutely right. You don't even have to be Sicilian for it to be inconceivable for your Princess Bride reference there. But it's it's crazy. And if you're not paying attention to this, if you're not angry by this, well, then you're you're sitting it out. So <clears throat> we introduced this in the last legislative last legislative session, <clears throat> but under the Pelosi regime, of course, that wasn't going to go anywhere. But <clears throat> my issue is that. This is this is something that's absolutely necessary to protect our kids and protect them from the ghouls that would that would do this. You know, giving these kids hormones or surgery or or just in general encouraging them to jump across to a place where they're not going to be successful in life. And and 
the, I'm sure the rates of suicide are just many fold over when people have been told, whether as kids or as adults have had this transition surgery and such, that this is going to be the cure all for how you feel, how you feel like you don't fit in and such. Right. We need to take people aside and show we care about them and lead them down the right path and show them that the physics aren't going to change of who you are, or how you were born. And so it's, you know, I, we had this at a school board meeting in Chico, California, where they're, the board was moving to keep things secret from parents. You've heard about that one too. Right. On their child going in for counseling, and an hour later, she's being introduced as a boy with a boy's name to her teacher in her classroom. How's that privacy? They, they outed that girl after a short amount of time of, you know, contemplating this, the situation. So here, our two bills, one would uh, be uh, focused on cutting government funding for anything that could cover uh, this type of hormone reassignment, gender surgery, whatever, either either, either type. And the other one is an all-out prohibition with criminal charges for doctors and those that would do that. And so, you know, it's it's high time that people really get get fired up on this. And in your opening comment, there's some, oh, this is just politics. Like, no, if there's any science behind this, it isn't the science about what people's genetic makeup is. It's the science of political science that's pushing this and trying to uh, – uh, somehow build a broader coalition for the Democrats under this uh, umbrella. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the political science that's trying to to trounce the real science here when we talk about the fact that we are created male and female. Now, Congressman LaMalfa, you're not standing alone on this because we're seeing tremendous momentum at the state level, a growing number of states, in fact, Texas being the most recent state, that are banning these procedures for minors. So how will what you're doing here come in behind this effort that's already moving across the states and, and help protect more children? Well, indeed, if we can do this federally and we can make it stick, we're even in the blue states, the crazy blue states, including my own of California, where you know a colleague in the state assembly has introduced uh, legislation to this direction, as well as the one on parental privacy, so to speak. Um, it just can't help but build a grass fire amongst you know normal folks out there that think this is outrageous. So the uh, the issue really is is to signal to everybody that you know there's there's folks that are intimidated by those that are pushing this, thinking yeah. like, well maybe I'm somehow out of touch and maybe I'm being too mean or I'm too this or that. No, you're not. This is this is abnormal. This is part of the craziness that's really hit hyperspeed the last two or three four years in this country on all sorts of moral issues, all, all sorts of issues that are just not not healthy for, for people physically or psychologically. So we're, we're doing a disservice to our kids. With, you know, I mean, all day long on the Internet, they get hit with all this time. You might be a different gender. Right. No, there's there's something else going on, and probably 99% of them that uh, needs to be addressed, you know, with counseling, with true counseling. Of course, my own state of California says you can't counsel against right. – gender change. I mean, what kind of closed deal is that that the legislature... You are absolutely right. Uh, Congressman LaMalfa, we're up against against a break, but very quickly, what can our viewers and listeners do to help you get this bill to move forward? Well, the main thing is to contact your legislator in in where you are, if you don't think they're on it. We've got over 30 co-sponsors on the House side. I know Senator Marshall is working hard to get co-sponsors on the House side, but just, just be relentless on calling their offices and saying, you know, if you, if you believe that they're the, the type of legislator that will co-sponsor, just urge them to get onto the bill, but then to vote yes, get it through a committee process, especially in the House. It's going to be right. tougher in the Senate, but the All House right. we can get. We'll do just thanks that. So Doug, thanks so much for joining us. Always great to see you. Thank you. Stick with us, folks. We're going to talk about this more on the other side of the break, and I'll have the bill numbers for you as well. Don't go away. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, 
Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories, and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. All right, it's Monday. I hope you had a great weekend, Mother's Day weekend. I had a chance to visit with my mom and then uh, with my wife and kids. We went out and actually did something I don't do very often. We Played top golf. Anyway, that was kind of fun. But over the weekend, we did a men's breakfast. Uh, I was in in Baton Rouge for at New Testament Church uh, with Pastor Lee Ship and uh, Gene Mills, who's the uh, the head of the Louisiana Family Forum. Had a great turnout. Uh, I think we had over 100 men, and that was so encouraging. Men show up on a Saturday morning just to be encouraged with the Word of God to live as men who are courageous. In fact. This uh, first weekend in June, uh, that's Saturday, June the 3rd, we will have a Stand Courageous Men's Conference at Houston First Baptist. That's Saturday, June the 3rd. I'll be there. General Jerry Boykin will be there. Former Fire Chief of Atlanta, Kelvin Cochran, Stu Weber, Bishop Larry Jackson, Rafael Cruz, and others will be there for one day Stand Courageous Men's Conference. That's at Houston First Baptist Church, Saturday, June the 3rd. So if you're in the Houston, Texas area, make plans now to join us. You can find out more by going to TonyPerkins.com or simply text the word Stand Courageous, all one word, no spaces, Stand Courageous to 67742, 67742, and you can get more information. Right, I mentioned I was going to give you the bill numbers, but they actually have not assigned the bill numbers yet to uh, to these two bills that Doug LaMalfa was talking about. It was just introduced this afternoon, so they haven't assigned the bill numbers. But the bill titles Protecting Children from Experimentation Act and the End Taxpayer Funding of Gender Experimentation Act. So it, it would be important for you to contact your members of Congress and encourage them to support these measures because that will help ensure that they get a vote in the House because they won't necessarily get a vote unless there is strong support. So, anyway, you can go to TonyPerkins.com and find out more. Well, due to progress made last week by Republicans in the Texas House of Representatives, the state of Texas is now poised to join a growing number of states with laws like we were just talking about to protect children from experimental gender procedures. 
Now, as I was just talking about with uh, Congressman LaMalfa about his efforts to confront this at the federal level, these state laws come at a time when the public is perhaps waking up to this insidious industry preying on children. You know, you have to ask the question, what's behind it? Is it profit? I think it's evil. Frankly, I think it's pure evil. And I think it's a, it's, it's a part of the lawlessness we see happening. It's a part of denying truth. But behind it is evil. Now, a recent Washington Post poll demonstrates that a majority of Americans support protecting children from these procedures. Now, this is, this is pretty, this is really good news. Because of the conversations we're having and that you're having with friends, neighbors, guess what? People are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what I heard. I, I wasn't, I didn't hear this was just affirming a boy who wore a dress. I didn't realize they were actually doing surgeries that can't be reversed and giving them hormones that affect their bodies for their entire lives and bring about a shorter lifespan. I didn't know all that. Well, as this ideology has marched through and captured so many institutions and industries, including medicine, education, and the media, not to mention the Democratic Party, the American people are waking up. Join me now to discuss this is Dr. Jennifer Bowen. She's the director of the Center for Family Studies here at the Family Research Council. Prior to her work here at FRC, she worked as a clinician and a researcher addressing the effects of psychological trauma. She also testified before state legislatures in support of the legislation to protect children by ensuring they are not rushed into these irreversible and lifelong damaging procedures. Dr. Ballins, welcome back to Washington Watch. Always great to see you. It's good to be with you. So you've testified before lawmakers on the importance of protecting children from these procedures. You've got to be encouraged by the momentum. We're seeing that the public is waking up to this. State legislatures are advancing uh, these protections. Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing right now is a great exposure. The, the curtain is being pulled back, and we're seeing what's actually been going on in, in the psychology offices, the medical offices, and most, most recently, what's been going on in the research field. And uh, that's really important for us to understand this sort of um, trifecta of, of evil that's gone on in our country and the money that's gone on to fund these particular But there's a few projects. brave folks like yourself and, and others that are willing to basically pull back the curtain on the fact that, number one, their research is fraudulent, to say the bad, to say the least. Um, and, and, and lawmakers now equipped with real information and the ability to dissect these false narratives are emboldened to stand up and do what they know intuitively is right. Yeah, that's right. And I think um, what we're seeing both in the scientific Field, as we kind of like scratch the veneer of the research that's presented to us that says, oh, this is going to help you. You're not going to commit suicide. You're going to feel better about yourself. And we start scratching that veneer and we look at it and it's it doesn't fit any of the research methods that we're used to. So that we would say this is indeed having a, a causal effect on someone's right. mental health. It's not fair. So uh, let me ask you about that. You know, this ideology has gone from the radical fringe 10 years ago to being pushed by the president of the United States. Why? Well, I, I think there are many factors at play here. Um, I think you have some people who are just ideologically bent on it, which I would associate with pure evil. Um, I believe that there are some who've been captured by evil. Um, and I believe that there are others who just look at the science and they say, oh, well, if this is helping someone, then we want to we want to be helpful because this is a generation, Tony, that is uh, loves the likes. You know, we get a thumbs up yeah. if we post something and we want to be liked. And, you know, we have to remember there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So when we really love someone, we're willing to have hard conversations with them. We're willing to go places that aren't the popular, that are going to give us the thumbs up for our post. Right. Um, but if you step back for just a moment dispassionately and you say, how is it that just in these couple of years, we all of a sudden have gained more knowledge and insight than all of human history 
to say that, oh, yeah, all you got to do is uh, give these uh, experimental drugs to suppress puberty or do these surgical realignments of people's bodies. I mean, it's, it's all facade because you don't really change someone's biology. I mean, how is it that we could be so arrogant to think that we... We have the answer to this. Yeah, it is the height of arrogance, isn't it? It's playing God. And um, that's what this whole ideology is about. It's like, I am the master of my own ship. I can court, I start my own course. And it's just, we see it crumbling before our very eyes. And to your point earlier, we're seeing the public outcry with this in the poll data that shows as people start seeing the the science and the the outcomes of this these procedures, they're backing away from it. So this is a moment then for parents, and 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 I know you've heard because I've sent some of them to you that I've heard from that are saying, you know, what what do I do? My granddaughter, my it's 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 both, but girls are really being targeted with this, and you know, my daughter, she's experiencing this. So this is a moment where parents, grandparents should realize you're not alone. There are a lot of people out there that see this the same way you do, regardless of what they're saying on the media and MSNBC, CNN, and even Fox. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so don't worry about what the media is saying. Don't worry about what the sports stars are saying. Don't worry about what the president of the United States is. You know it's your child. It's your grandchild. You know. So how do we have those conversations? I think one thing we have to just come to the conversation with is that this this has an underlining reason for its existence. When I say it, I mean gender dysphoria, yeah. that discomfort that someone is expressing in their body. There's always a reason for that to manifest. So we can't just take that as face on face value as someone really has a problem with their biological sex. It's not real. There's a real condition. There's some kind of uh, issue going on. So we might want to say to that parent or that grandparent, why don't you look at their social media, look at their history on their um, web searches. So, so you're saying don't be dismissive of it. Yeah, don't be dismissive. But there's also a, there's a real issue there. That's right. But there's something underlying this revelation. That's right. And. It all comes down to what do you really believe about gender dysphoria? There are many diagnoses in the in the DSM, which is like the the diagnostical diagnostic manual for uh, mental disorders, and a lot of them you ha- you have associated with that disorder a root condition, which what they would refer to is um, the etiology of that condition. Right. So in this case, it's there's a root issue that has not been identified by researchers, they're not talking about those root issues. They're just saying that gender dysphoria is this real phenomenon. But if we look at, let's say, trauma, for example, um, we we often say it's an abnormal um, experience that initiates a normal response. So we don't say that it's the it identifies the person. We say you had an abnormal experience. You are not that experience, but you had something happen to you. And the same holds true with gender dysphoria. How often is some type of trauma, um, abuse, or something related to gender dysphoria? Well, we know with the older cohort, so before around 2008, it used to be older men, um, older men, sorry, um, men who were not in puberty. (laughs) um, I'm sorry, I I scratched that. that. It used to be men. Who, who experienced gender dysphoria. And then now you have this new cohort of young women who are identifying. So, yes, there's probably trauma. There's probably autism. There might be other psychiatric conditions. There is also the social contagion issue. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's something really new. It is new. I mean, relatively speaking, I mean, social media is, is I mean, that's not been around that long. No, and the problem here is that it hasn't been studied. Right. We're not even looking not at it. Not even we're looking dis- at it. just dismissing that and going, <laughs> saying, oh, well, you have gender dysphoria, therefore you need to go into this uh, treatment with drugs yes. or surgery. And you can get it in the first session without a thorough assessment. You can get you can get cross-sex hormones in the first so session. So what happens when you, you take that path and you do not deal with the underlying issue? Yeah, great question, because what happens 
is you're you're prolonging the issue. And now, um, I was just with someone this week who had detransitioned years ago, and and he was sharing his story that he he realized he had all these trauma issues that were unresolved, and now he has. He's missing body so parts. So it's compounded. It's com- it's compounded immensely because you've delayed dealing with the root issue and you've gone on this horrible bunny trail, for lack of a, a term, and you you have multiple issues, with the sometimes with the very body parts that were a source of pain for you to begin with. So it, it's it's awful. It's absolutely awful. So So if you love someone... You're going to be willing to take the what you said the initial maybe dislike, and even a, even what might be, although you don't want to approach it confrontationally, it could lead to confrontation at least initially. But this is something you really should pray about before you approach someone. And I've always found the best way to communicate is is through you know the Lord gives you word pictures, and, and so you you can use word pictures and kind of describe, you know, what you're, you're, you're wanting to share with someone. But I think you should, parents, grandparents should prayerfully um, approach talking to their children and grandchildren about this issue because that, I think that is the greatest expression of love, being willing to be even temporarily, maybe even longer rejected, but knowing what path this child's going down. And the Holy Spirit, in the Bible, we're given a promise in, in the book of Proverbs that says um, that he will give us the ability to scale a wall and get behind trusted defenses. Yeah. And I love that proverb because when, I, when I'm when i meeting with someone that might be a little hard, I say, Holy Spirit, give me the key to get behind that person's, the walls that they're putting to protect themselves from from truth or from from whatever the case may be that um, and that I can get behind there with the Holy right. Spirit and help bring freedom Penetrate to that person. Uh, and, and this is also something, Jennifer, that uh, pastors should be preaching about. Yes, that's right. This is this is something that I believe um, we're seeing the onslaught of it. I mean, thankfully, we're as you said at the beginning, we're, we we have some good news on the horizon. But I believe that this was allowed because the church has, as a whole, there have been people who've stood all along, but as a whole, the church has not taken her rightful place as, as you know, we are the expression of Christ in the world. Yeah. If we're not holding back the forces of evil, who is? That is the role of the, the church filled with the Holy Spirit is to re- restrain the lawless one. And this is the height of lawlessness. Yes. Jennifer, always great to see you. Good to see you, too. Thanks for stopping in. Happy to. See you All next right. time. And, folks, thank you for joining us as well. In fact, we've got resources for you on this, so be sure and check it out. Uh, go to TonyPerkins.com or go to the Family Research Council. In fact, uh, David Clawson has a, a new study out on gender it's, I think it's an eight or nine week study. It's a great for small group, great for uh, young people, great for adults, Sunday school classes, whatever. You can find out more about that at TonyPerkins.com as well. But I, I, I do want to encourage you prayerfully approach these issues and address them. All right, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says you've done everything you can do when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand. By all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.